is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Get your lineup set. It's time for Start or Sit. Let's go. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome back, Amari Cooper. And congratulations to the 60% of Amari Cooper owners who had his 210 yards and two touchdowns in the lineup. It is our Friday show. We will recap Thursday night and get you ready for the NFC home games plus Jacksonville, Indianapolis, a leftover from yesterday. And Jamie, how you doing, Mr. 41? How was that birthday? Uh, birthday was great. Thank you. I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty ready. It was a great game last night. It was a great game last night. Great ending. Um, very, very crazy. Yes, good for FanDuel. Hope you had some of those guys in your FanDuel lineup. Go to FanDuel.com, click the Join Now button, and use our code, CBSPOD. Let them know where you came from, how you heard of them. New users get free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, over a million dollars in cash prizes. When you make your first deposit on FanDuel, and you use the code CBSPOD. And again, it's CBSPOD, and that's void where prohibited. All right, we got a busy show. We're going to do Beat the Waiver Wire. we got major injury updates. And, you know, we gotta talk about those Titans running backs. We'll revisit yesterday's conversation about that. But let's, uh, let's talk Oakland 31, Kansas City 30. Terrific game. A lot of fun. Marshawn Lynch getting ejected for running onto the field and shoving and grabbing a referee. Reportedly leaves the stadium. So obviously that, that situation. He did not leave the stadium. He did not. No. There was, uh, actually, uh, uh, pictures of him. He went back and sat in the stands. What? He sat in the stands? Okay, well, it's it's an interesting guy. (laughs) It's an interesting guy. Yeah. Um, Okay, but I wanted to read some emails here, just uh, because we don't get the emails in enough. FantasyFootball at CBSI.com. We have our mailbag show tomorrow, though. Ryan says, sell high or no way? I think you mean sell high or no thanks guy on Amari Cooper. I think just looking at the schedule and based on the game that he had, he's probably going to struggle at Buffalo next week. If Buffalo plays as they've been playing coming off their bye week. And then he's got their bye week. No, he's got the Miami. Their bye week. Miami then the bye. Oh, their week uh, week 11? Week nine, 10? Nine. No, 10. Yeah, at Buffalo, at Miami, then a bye. Then they play New England in Mexico. Then they play Denver. Then they play the Giants. Then they're at Kansas City. I mean, the, the playoff schedule is pretty good. At Kansas City and then Dallas and then at Philadelphia. I don't know how good that'll be. And then at the Chargers. It's not a terrible schedule. It's not a, I don't know. It looks kind of neutral to me. But there is Denver. There is the Giants. There's Buffalo. Could be tricky. And they're bye week. And they're bye so week. I, I, I'm not selling him for anything. But there's a five-game sample size where you combine for five fantasy points. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and you just wonder. Sometimes it, you remember uh, – or not remember, but you know how sometimes when they say like with basketball players when they're struggling, they get a layup or they get to the foul line and then things just start to roll for them from there. They get just easy baskets. Yeah, I mean, I can't make anything on the court, so it doesn't work for me, but yes. <laughs> I, I think when he, in, and that was clearly offensive pass interference. On clearly, 38 yard touchdown. And, and I just wonder if, okay, he caught the ball, he scored a touchdown, he feels good, and things just start to snowball from there in a positive way. So he played great. It, it's, it's funny because, um, uh, y- you know, I, we, we swing and miss a lot in this business on calls. Very rarely do we swing and miss on an entire game or entire group of players. Yeah. And I, I, I'll speak for myself. Wrong on Carr. Wrong on Cooper. Wrong on Cook. And 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 even you know not that we had it ranked poorly, but wrong on or me. Not, uh, wrong on Smith. Just having him a little too low. And Tyreek Hill. But I just I just think like if if you can get something great in return for Cooper right now. You probably want to do it because he's probably going to disappoint you next week going to Buffalo. <laughs> okay, I mean, I still, I still want to believe in him though. Just overall, well, you should. Like, I, I don't. It's ca- not, it's, if I'm selling him, I'm not necessarily caring about just next week at Buffalo. But it's 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 those other few games coming up. Plus, you're going to lose him for a week. Yeah, I know. You, there still are a lot of. Yeah, it's a good point. It depends. You L- know. Let me ask you this: If Doug Baldwin comes off of a bad game, who would you rather have rest of season? Um, Baldwin might have a bad game against the Giants, so that's possible. I think I'd probably rather have 
Baldwin. I mean, we have to really look at the Chiefs, and they're a bad defense right now. They're bad. They're, they're very true. And, and I think that's one. You know, I, I'll tell you the trap I fell into, and this is this is a problem. Is I thought the same thing with the Steelers facing a bad Chiefs team that maybe they get going a little bit, and Brown had the fluke touchdown, mm-hmm. but that was really the only big play in the passing game. Yeah. And I figured bad track record for the Raiders on prime time, especially the quarterback. Bad track record in the division for the quarterback. Bad track record against opponent for a quarterback for the quarterback. So how does that lead to Cooper breaking out of his funk? No, come on. Like there was nothing that pointed to this happening. The only thing is they went away from Marcus Cooper for, for most of the night, and they're just they're bad in the secondary other than him. And uh, I just. They got a lot of production. Basically, I think I feel like almost every big play they had was on anybody but Marcus Cooper, sure. Marcus Peters, Marcus Peters. Yep. Do that all the time, and uh, they had a good game plan, and it, it worked. So I I don't really blame you guys for being dead. Like I saw some people saying, "Oh, you always start your studs." Okay, well that didn't work the last four weeks, the last five weeks it didn't work. You know, and, and Carr played in four of those games, so I don't know. I don't see how you could have seen this coming. And Tyree Kill. All right, so we got an email from Dave uh, in Austin, Texas. I figured it out for Tyreek. He booms in away games. He busts at home. <laughs> I don't know. Is that is is that a simple formula for Tyreek Hill? Because, like, that's another guy. I'd feel bad for you having to rank Tyreek Hill every week. If he gets his big play, he's going to have a huge game. If he doesn't, he's not. It's, it's how it well, is Well, this, this is, you know, I, and I was thinking about this last night. We had this conversation at some point this week. Heath, and I've, t- I've said this to you before, Heath is very consistent where he doesn't really go with the ebbs and flows of, Game by game, mm-hmm. he kind of just ranks guys based on how they are coming into the season. Like we've had this conversation about Cooper and and, and Tyree Kill this week. Of he doesn't want to have, and, and T Y Hilton. He doesn't move these guys around because the one time that they go off, he has them appropriately slotted. You know, I, I don't want to speak for him, but I, I think that's the gist of it. Sure. And like I, I I and I think Dave as well. We tend to go with the Situation. Yeah, well, I mean, he doesn't have Hilton like that high this week, but, but, yeah, I mean, Hilton's in a different situation just because I'm not talking about him specifically, but like, you know, Tyree Kill's been bad the last few weeks. Yeah, he has. Now I'm trying to look up his home road splits. Like, do you, is there a rhyme or reason with Tyree Kill? So I'll look up his home road splits from last year, but this year it has been his good games have been on the road and all of his bad games have been at home. Last year, uh no yeah last year he had 390 yards on the road receiving and 203 at home but he had three touchdowns in both places he had a lot more rushing yards at home so total yards was pretty even so I'm gonna say no I'm gonna say no there wasn't a major difference there unless you look at just receiving yards yeah uh that's that that doesn't really seem like anything sustained that just seems like a fluke to me on yeah, a small hard, sample hard size yeah I mean like would you rather have Tyree Kill or Amari Cooper rest of the season I'd rather have. Amari Cooper. Would you rather have Michael Crabtree or Amari Cooper? I think I'd still rather have Crabtree. Okay. Good that we got the touchdown from him. It only took 60-plus minutes. Um, <laughs> 60-plus tries at the end of the game. Right. Um, it's funny, though, that they called the pass, inter- they, they called the pass interference on, on Crabtree, but not on Cooper, the OPI. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cooper still would have had a huge game even if he didn't. If oh, yeah. If he called back. Uh, from Jason, an email. A few weeks ago, you were talking about selling Todd Gurley because he looked to be on the downside. That's not really what we said, but uh, how come no mention of Kareem Hunt trending, trending down? His last four games have been RB2, not RB1. Same thing as Gurley. A couple monsters and now just middle of the road. Do you just hate Todd Gurley? No, I, I, I think we were saying if you're selling Todd Gurley, you're selling him for elite-level talent. And I'll say the same thing about Kareem Hunt. If you want to sell him, you're selling him for elite-level well, talent. Okay, I think the um, situations are totally different. We were talking about Gurley, yes, sell him for elite talent, but also because he had a brutal schedule coming up. And, by the way, Kareem Hunt, the last four games, he hasn't scored a touchdown. He's gotten over 100 total yards in every game. Like I think, yeah. not to be a jerk, Jason, I, I think you know, you're know you misreading it a little bit there. Like, yeah, you can't and touchdowns come in bunches, as, as he showed you. Yeah, you can't be upset with Kareem Hunt. He's involved in the passing game. He's averaging like four catches per game. He is averaging exactly four catches per game in those four games. He's been playing without his center and his right tackle. Like, this guy's a stud. He gets a yeah, ton if he of scores work. last night, nobody's complaining. No, nah, nobody should be complaining. He's double-digit fantasy points every single week. Um, okay, how about Demarcus Robinson? Do you have any interest in him? Five catches, 69 yards on eight targets. Two weeks in a row playing more than 90% of the snaps for the Chiefs. Tony Romo likes him a lot. 
Do you like Demarcus Robinson? Deeper leagues. I mean, you know, we've, we've said this a lot about the Chiefs over the years. They really haven't had a second receiver that you can trust. You know, going back to the Dwayne Bow days, to Jeremy Macklin last year, you know, or two years ago, Tyreek Hill last year. You know, it's just not an offense when you have a, a tight end like Kelsey and a running back now like Hunt, you know, previously like Jamal Charles. They, they throw to those positions so much that you'll have the flute game every now and then. Um, you know, touchdown bounces off a of defender's hands and he scores, stuff like that. Right. Okay. That, that was, but that wasn't him though. That was, uh, Alan Wilson, but yes. Uh, Derek Carr had a good, how much confidence do you have in Derek Carr going forward? It's, it's the same thing. I think, you know, you gotta look at what the sample size has been. I think it'll be a low end starter. I don't love the matchup against Buffalo next week. I, I, I could already, you know, I haven't looked at the schedule, but I just looked at them, uh, last night. Like those two guys, Carr and Cooper set up as my potential bust alerts in start set because coming off monster performances, everybody goes all, but all in and Buffalo's defense has been really, really good and they're at home. Who do you like better rest of season, Carr or Alex Smith? Alex Smith. You got to buy into what he's doing. You do. And I'll tell you what, man. He's had four games this year. Alex Smith. Let me just get the – yeah. So four games with – five games. Okay, here it is. <laughs> five games with 34 or more pass attempts this season. Last year he had six in 16 regular season games. So he's almost already matched that. In 2015 he had three games with 34 or more pass attempts. He's throwing more. And he's playing well, and they have a good team. So and the defense being bad helps. Yeah, sure does. Uh, all right, now finally, Oakland running backs. Jamie, give me um, <laughs> your take. We don't look. We don't know what's going to happen. I think there's a good chance Marshawn Lynch is suspended. But what do you think? I think if I saw correctly from Ian Rappaport, I don't know if they're going to suspend him, but they're certainly going to fine him. Fair I'll enough. Check, I'll check to see real quick what he said. Um, I I think you're you're looking at what we saw last year when Latavius Murray went out. There really wasn't one clear-cut guy. You know, Jalen Richard looks like he would be the better of the two, but the touches were almost split identical. I think it was 13-12 to 12 in favor of Richard. Uh, Richard looks to be the better receiver. Washington could be the one working at the goal line. Um, you know, I, I think you can't really say you're going to start either one, especially if it's just a one-game suspension. If he is out at Buffalo, you probably would lean – I'll lean toward Richard. Uh, certainly in PPR, but you know they're they're both flex options. I think if Lynch is ever going to get hurt or miss time. Okay. So yeah, I mean, don't get too. And excited. I think in some ten team leagues, you're going to see people drop Marshall Lynch, which I understand. Yeah, definitely. Especially like if uh, if we go through Sunday in, in those formats where or or, or Monday um, where uh, nobody picks up Wendell Smallwood, and if he has a big game, that's an easy switch to make. There are a lot of running backs who are maybe not available in in twelve in. Uh, there are some of them are going to be available in 12-team leagues. I'm going to get to that in a second when we do beat the waiver wire. All right, so Jared Cook had six catches, 107 yards. Remember, Derek Carr threw 52 passes in this game, so the stats are going to be inflated. We'll see if Cook is in the waiver wire column. 58% owned. He'll be facing Buffalo. We'll see how Buffalo does. He's never done this before. No, no. <laughs> uh, we'll see I'll Buffalo tell you one thing. Uh, I don't know if exactly what it played out this way, but if they call him down at the one instead of the touchdown, do they get the playoff? Yeah, I think they do. They had like what 15, they had 18 six, seconds. Left. 18 seconds. I, yeah, I but think they, they still get. have they still have to get up there and snap it and spike and, it. Yeah. And now again, they did have the 10 second runoff, so it got them done eight seconds. But I don't they got love a chance that rule. Set. I don't love huh? that rule. I think that's got to get changed. I think in that scenario though, it's fine. It's the it's the one the the way it screwed the Falcons. This is what hurt or the Lions. The Lions. What hurt? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't love it. All right, Jamie. Uh, let's get let's get moving here, so we can get to the eight games that we have to preview. Uh, but you know what, fellas out there, looking good. It's important, and it's tough for me. But I know that if you look good, you're gonna feel good. Next time you go to a wedding or work or wherever you need to wear a suit, make it an Indochino suit. Indochino has its best deal ever: three hundred and fifty-nine dollars for a made-to-measure premium suit. All you have to do is go to Indochino.com, design your suit. Customize it exactly the way you want it and enter FFT at checkout. That's FFT at checkout on Indochino.com. $359 for a suit like this. I'm telling you, it's worth every penny. You go buy 
a generic suit. That's a few hundred bucks. Then you have to get it fitted, possibly, probably tailored, and it won't look nearly as good. You're going to lose money on this deal. I mean, you can't customize it. You know how cool it is to have a little monogram on your jacket lining? It's, you know, probably not as cool as I'm making it out to be, but still, it's fun. It's cool. I love, I just love having something personalized. So Indochino uses top quality fabrics. It's the largest made to measure menswear brand in the world. You're missing out, everybody. Go to Indochino.com. 50% off, free shipping, any premium suit for just 359 bucks. Enter FFT at checkout. FFT on Indochino.com. Jamie, news and notes. What's going on with Leonard Fournette? Mispractice uh, Wednesday and Thursday. We'll see what happens Friday. Uh, he still he said he expects to play. Uh, the report last week after he left the game was he could have come back in. I imagine he plays, but uh, pick up Chris Ivory if you still can. DeMarco Murray mispracticed on, on Thursday. They've got Cleveland. Are you moving Derrick Henry ahead of Murray yet? Not yet. I mean, we, again, we fell in this trap before. I, I, I don't want to go back to that game against Jacksonville. Henry was banged up in that game. I'm sorry. Murray was banged up in that game. Henry looked great in the fourth quarter. And I don't think we talked about it on our show, but on Sunday morning on our FFT show, I said the game was a blowout. We don't know how hurt DeMarco Murray is. And maybe they were just letting Henry run in the fourth quarter. The Titans were up against the Colts in the fourth quarter. It wasn't a big lead, but they were up. And Henry was the one killing the clock. I just wonder if they're just being careful with Murray. If he gets in some sort of limited practice on Friday, He's still the better of the two. Bilal, pra- Bilal Powell practice in full. Is it hands off for all Jets running backs now? Oh yeah, if that's the case, then yes. Tampa Bay Times reporters Greg o- Omen, Omen, Omen. Yeah. I went to college with him. Yeah, your boy. Yeah, and Rick Stroud. They expect Jameis Winston to miss this week's game. It's- um, <sighs> it wouldn't be a surprise. Now he says he's going to throw in, in practice, so we'll see what happens Friday. Uh, if in fact that happens, then I think you can expect him to be out there. But we still have to wait and see. If he doesn't play. Anyone you're starting? Like, well, how does it change? Like, you're starting Evans, you're starting Brait. I mean, yeah, I'd still start those guys. Certainly yeah. Evans. You know, Fitzpatrick, as we know, Pepper's guys with targets. Yeah. Jackson, I think, is hands-on. Jamie, do you want to stash Teddy Bridgewater? Deep, deep, deep leagues. I mean, who knows when he'll play? Who knows how good he'll be? I don't know if he's back at practice in full and all of a sudden they bench case Keenum, especially if Keenum comes off, uh, you know, a couple wins in a row. Kelvin Benjamin mispractice. He might not play. We'll preview that game. We'll talk about those receivers. Luke Keekley returned to practice. Kind of a big deal for Jordan Howard. Uh, they're facing the Bears, but he's still in the concussion protocol, so Keekley hasn't been cleared yet. Stefan Diggs practice. He has a chance to play. That game is coming up on today's show. Uh, in that same game, Mike Wallace, Ben Watson, Terrence West, they did not practice. But Brandon they Williams. They signed a receiver, which is a bad sign. Oh, for Mike Wallace, yeah. That, that looks like a pretty low-scoring game, Baltimore-Minnesota. Uh, Brandon Williams could play this week. That's Baltimore's defensive tackle, their big run stuffer. So, yeah, that's an, that'll be an interesting one. We'll have to break it down. Uh, I traded Jarek McKinnon for Doug Baldwin. Grade the trade. Jarek McKinnon for Doug Baldwin. That's a uh, B. All right. Now I got to You also made another trade, too, right? Yes, I did. I, I, I You know what? My Twitter followers helped me out because I got offered – I got offered Brandon Cooks and Mike Gillisley for Jordy Nelson and Mike Williams in PPR. And I said, who do you like better, rest of season in PPR, Brandon Cooks or Jordy Nelson? Cooks kind of ran away with it. And I, that's how I felt too, but I wanted to see if I was crazy. So I didn't care about the other two players in the deal, Gillisley and Mike Williams. I'll take Brandon Cooks. I like him better than Jordy now. I, I just wonder, we, we've talked about this a little bit, that if Brent Hundley is good, not Aaron Rodgers, but good, do you regret that trade? Maybe, but I don't think so. First of all, I like Cooks. I think the best is yet to come with him. But you love Jordy. Not not without Aaron Rodgers. Like, there's no way he's good. But you're, I know what you're basing it off of. You're basing it off of the year with Matt Flynn. Yeah, but even if he's just like a, a, a little bit better than that, he's still not that good. He was but, pretty uh, again, unreliable. Just, just, just throwing it out there that the first time that Brent Hundley was on the field is the season high in targets for Jordy Nelson. Um, That's interesting. Come from behind effort. Gonna be a lot of and, those, and you know their defense isn't good. I think, I, I that, he, think that he and Rodgers have like ESP. They have amazing chemistry. Yeah, but we had this conversation in the office yesterday. Jordy Nelson can probably say to Aaron Rodgers, "Hey, look, you know, I was open on this play. I was open on that play. Maybe you want to, you know, come back to that, you know, in the third quarter or whatever." He could go to Brent Hundley and be like, "Dude, throw me the effing ball." <laughs> but you, but look, I don't have that luxury because once Sunday comes, that trade's not going to be there anymore. 
So I had to make a call. What would you have done? Who do you who would you rather have, Cooks or Nelson? I I you took the safe route. I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And and probably rest of season they're close. But there is still that X factor that if Hunley is just good, yeah, Jordy still can be great. Could be. I I think yeah. It's not it's not a bad trade. I don't think you lost the trade by any stretch. Now, you may have won the trade exponentially, but you didn't lose the trade. Marlon Mack is in line for more touches with Robert Turbin out for the season. The Redskins could have Norman and Breland, their two starting cornerbacks. Uh, they could at, have uh, them both out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to guess that it seems unlikely that both will play, but we'll see. Any update on the Packers' offensive line, Jamie? Uh, nothing that I've seen, though. Sean Lee is going to play this week at San Francisco. Pittsburgh right tackle Marcus Gilbert. He may not play again. We'll have to see. Uh, I don't think it, you know. It's a tough matchup anyway. Do you expect the following player, Sterling Shepard, against Seattle? No, but it's trending in the right direction. Yeah, he's got a chance. Jordan Matthews against Tampa Bay. Uh, same thing. Wendell Smallwood. Yes, and I'm excited about it. Rob Kelly, same game. Um, it sounds like it, but I think you gotta wait and see. Not a great matchup for him. Uh, Muhammad Sanu, Sunday night at New England. Sounds like it, but again, wait and see. Devontae Parker against the Jets. No. Your local NFL on CBS games, everybody. Can't watch them on TV? Stream them live on CBS All Access. Start your free trial at cbs.com slash NFL. cbs.com slash NFL. Two things before we get to the games. I'm starting the No Touchdowns Club, Jamie. All right? Okay. Uh, so I got a bunch of guys who haven't scored a touchdown. All you have to do is pick one to score a touchdown this week. Julio. All right, that was Heath's, that was Heath's first pick. Um, but you know what? He's not here today, so I'll give you Julio. Are we doing a draft? Okay, he can have Julio. Well, that's all right. You can have Julio. It's your birthday. So the, the guys I have that haven't scored a touchdown yet are Ajayi McCoy, James White, Isaiah Crowell, Alex Collins, Julio Jones, Garcon, Demarius Thomas, and Adam Thielen. So he's got – so you'll take Julio. His second pick was LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, I was going to say LaShawn would be too. <laughs> Dave didn't respond. So I will get – I will go with Jay Ajayi. Let's see if these guys can get off the schneid to get it. Get into the touchdown club and out of the no touchdown club. Yeah, those are all three very good choices. Let's beat the waiver wire for week eight. There are six teams on by, so you might want to be active this weekend. Jacksonville, Tennessee, Green Bay – the Rams, Cardinals, and the Giants are all on by in week eight. Now, here are those running backs I mentioned that are available in a lot of leagues. Uh, none of them owned in more than 71% of leagues, but none of them owned in less than 48% of leagues. But they're all pretty interesting. Some of them for this week. Alex Collins, Matt Breida, Marlon Mack, Darren McFadden, Alfred Morris, Thomas Rawls, Rob Kelly. These guys... I, there's waiver wire talent there. I can't tell you any of these guys are going to be great, but I, I don't know, man. I look at that those waiver wire running backs all owned in in all available in 30% of leagues or more. So say the list again. Alex Collins, Breida, Marlon Mack, McFadden and Alf, Rawls and Rob Kelly. It's not bad. Not Smallwood. Yeah, him too. I think he's like 70% owned. Yeah, he might have been under than that last time I saw. Yeah, I, it's weird. It's like, what's going on here? I, like that, I got Mike Gillisley off my team. Oh, he's fifty-five percent owned. Wendell Smallwood. Yeah. Like, drop Gillisley. Drop Jonathan Stewart. You know, like, get these. No, I agree. Better players. I, I think you're looking at it at, again. These are probably more ten-team leagues where these guys are available. Um, just yeah. Because I, I, I can only speak for the the leagues I play in, and I play in a lot of them. You like Rob Kelly? Just is is probably the name on that list that's there, and the Cowboys guys are getting dropped. Um, which is it's which is understandable. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where if you have the roster space to speculate on somebody, especially at this position, those are some great options there. Mm -hmm. For sure. All right, let's beat the waiver wire. Uh, so other than those stash guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is beating the waiver wire, but I'm talking matchup specific for next week. I don't know. It's kind of hard with wide receiver. Josh Doxson against Dallas. I think you got to buy into him because if the targets go up, like I do, a, I do a spot for um, the uh, uh, Redskins radio affiliate in Richmond, and I said to them, you know, yesterday somebody asked a question about Josh Dox, and I forget who they're comparing it to. And I asked those guys, I said, you know, you tell me, is this the the game that he goes off? And they they kind of feel the same way. It's like, what are they waiting for? Yeah. Like, why not just give him seven targets a game? Let him, you know, let Kirk Cousins try and feature him a little bit. 
why did you spend the first round pick on him if you're only going to throw him four targets a game? Absolutely. So Josh Doxson is widely available. Marvin Jones doesn't have a great matchup next week, but there's a lot. There's six teams on by. Jones is 69% owned. He's facing Pittsburgh. Um, Kenny Galladay, I guess, too, wouldn't be a bad choice. Jamie, yeah. Tyrod it's Taylor. Tyrod Taylor was the beat the waiver wire guy for week seven. I think he's the beat the waiver wire guy for week eight. He's facing Oakland. There, Oakland is a really bad pass defense, but Taylor's 81% owned, so that's the only issue. It's tough, it's tough finding a quarterback for next week. Um, maybe Mike or Tyrell Williams at New England. Uh, I don't know, but DSTs, you got the Falcons at the Jets, you got the Saints against the Bears, they got the Packers this week and the Bears next week. You got the Dolphins at Baltimore on Thursday, and the Eagles face San Francisco. So the Falcons, Saints, Dolphins, and Eagles. Defenses that you could look at now, but there, you know, there are four of them. Don't know that you have to roster two right now. So, all right, I think it's time to look at the games. Would you like the bonanza now, or would you like the bonanza later? Hit me, hit me. Right, I'm not going to take the easy way out. I'm not going to go Falcons, Patriots. I'm going to go Dallas. I'm going go da- to go. Why? Matt Ryan started the week. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> good. Uh, then you're welcome. Dallas, San Francisco. Dallas, San Francisco. So you're taking the third highest uh, over under. Third highest point total on the board. Sure, yeah. That's kind of the easy way out. That's not the easy way. What am I supposed to do? Well, you're taking the 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 highest one, I believe, is the Falcons, Patriots. Yeah, you're not is. allowed to take that one. Right. Then what? So you passed on the second oh, one. Oh, the which, the Redskins game, right? Passed on that one. I think I I was thinking about that one, but you know, so you took the third highest one. I, I'm sorry, I've, what, how many restrictions are you gonna put on me for this? I'm not putting, well, I mean, don't come out here and like boast, like I'm, t- I'm not, <laughs> I'm not taking the easy way out. But and look, take the third highest game on the board. The over-under differences between Atlanta, New England, and Dallas, San Francisco are, are pretty significant. So, I think Carlos Hyde as a receiver gets it done. I think, uh, I don't know if Garcon scores, but he'll be fine in PPR. And I think one of the two tight ends has a good chance to score in this game. Oh, it's, uh, here, Kittle, Kittle. What's that? Here, kitty, kitty. George Kill. Yeah, but is that like kitty, kitty? Yeah, here, kitty, kitty. Oh, that's I like that. Uh, do you know the connection with C.J. Beathard and George Kittle? No, I don't. They played at Iowa together. Oh, for five years. Should have known that. Jacksonville's at Indianapolis. Your stat of the game: the Colts allow the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. They have really struggled against slot wide receivers. Who's the best wide receiver in the Jacksonville Indianapolis game? I mean, you still have to start T.Y. Hilton as the best guy. Yeah, I mean, you could make a case for Marquis Lee. You can, but he doesn't always play in the slot. Alan Hearn spends a lot of time in the slot. And, mm. he, like, it's funny. Dave and Heath got into it a little bit uh, in a friendly discussion on our uh, FFT video show yesterday, which Adam will be making his return yeah. to, depending on when you listen to this, in about two hours. Um, and Dave likes Blake Bortles this week because of his track record against the Colts, and he thinks that that the that uh, Bortles may throw a little bit in this game. I don't necessarily agree. Heath definitely did not agree. They're just not letting Bortles throw that much. There's been one game so far where they've actually played with a lead where he's thrown, and that was the Baltimore game in London. So I don't know if you're going to see the Jaguars guys come out chasing points like we saw last week. You know, they got off to such a horrible start against the Rams last week. They gave up the, the kickoff return, and everything was downhill from there. Um, so I, I just can't really trust the Jaguars receivers. I, I think they're dart throw number three guys at best. Okay. Like I like Marquise Lee. I mean, you know, but he's also missing guess even practice. If Leonard Fournette doesn't play, would you start Chris Ivory or T.Y. Hilton? I'd start Chris Ivory. Yeah. See, this is, we talk, I, I, I know we gave the guys a chance to, or mostly Dave, a chance to defend T.Y. Hilton. I, I can't trust him this week. You know, I, I, I know he's better usually at home than on the road. And I know all it takes for him is one big play. But the Jaguars don't give up that one big play. No, they, they allow the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. They've given up one touchdown on the season. It was a garbage time touchdown yeah. to DeAndre Hopkins in week one when Deshaun Watson came in and they probably didn't know what to expect from Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and he got 16, Hopkins had 16 targets. Antonio Brown had 19 targets. T.Y. Hilton's not going to get that. And it's just, he's just, it's unfortunate. T.Y. Hilton's gonna be a total bust this year. Like he might still be fine, but he's not going to – you know, you thought Andrew Luck might miss three or four games when you drafted T.Y. Hilton. It's sure. it's a shame. Yep. So uh, would you start uh, Pierre Garçon over T.Y. Hilton? Yeah. Yeah. Would you start Deshaun Jackson over him? Yeah. 
Yeah, you, even if um, Winston's out? Yeah. Interesting. All right. I mean, as good as Buffalo's been, the Jaguars are better. Fournette, obviously, people are going to start if he plays. We talked about the Jacksonville wide receivers. We don't like – Jamie doesn't like Jacoby Brissett or Blake Bortles. Dave has a hunch on Bortles. Uh, the Indianapolis running backs, what do you think about the running backs? The Jaguars have had an inconsistent run defense uh, this year. I think that you can't – Marlon Mack is the type of play, like if – you know, we talk about this a lot. If you think you your roster is in trouble after facing an Amari Cooper or a Derek Carr, one of those type of things, and you're deciding between Marlon Mack and you know you've been starting Jonathan Stewart, for example, or you've been starting. Um, How about Gillisley? Would you start either of these guys over Gillisley? Mack is is easy for me over both guys are easy for me over Gillisley. Who do you like better, you, Gore or Mack? Huh? Gore or Mack? I think Gore is just safer because as much as they're going to try and play Mack, uh, play Gore. Play Mac Moore with Turbin out. Mm-hmm. Gore projects to get the goal line chances or the inside the you know ten chances that Turbin's taken away from him of late. I still think when push comes to shove, he's going to be involved in the passing game a little bit more than Marlon Mack. Mack is the home run threat, you know. So, like if you're sitting on Isaiah Crow and you've been starting him week after week after week, and Mack's been on your bench, play Mack this week. You have any uh, interest in Jack Doyle, fifty six percent owned? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you saw last week targets were up. The fumble was unfortunate. Jacksonville's given up uh, top ten production to fantasy tight ends, so he's he's in play. But he's only nineteenth for you, so not great. Oh, he's higher than that. He is. Yeah. Move him up, or am I just did I just have that wrong? I think you got it wrong. Uh oh, he's thirteenth for you. Who's nineteenth yeah. for you? Yeah, I don't know. I apologize. Then he's thirteenth okay. for you. So all right, so Jack Doyle, not a not a bad guy to take a flyer on. He's actually top fifteen for everybody. Um, Jack Doyle, 56% own. New Orleans is at Green Bay. Oh, Jacksonville DST, by the way, they're top five. Now, New Orleans is at Green Bay. Stat of the game. Look at the Saints defense against running backs. Remember Dalvin Cook in week one? He got almost all his production in the fourth quarter. He had 127 rushing yards. Since then, nobody's rushed for more than 69 yards against the Saints. They do, however, allow the third most receiving yards to opposing running backs. So, I think you said earlier in the week that you, you like Ty Montgomery more than Aaron Jones this week, is that right? Just based on that, that, that they struggle with pass catching running backs, and I do expect them to be in, you know, chasing points. Now, I do like the report that Aaron Jones could be the guy that they lean on to carry the offense a little bit. So as an Aaron Jones owner, as somebody who's bought all into him, I, I think you can stash him and stash him with a lot of confidence. Now, I don't want to, I don't mean to like step on your toes, but when you say that report, you're talking about, it was sort of just, a columnist saying they should they should do this. Yeah, not, they will, it's not right. McCarthy coming out and saying it. Right. But that uh, that's what I said Sunday. You know yeah. when when he first got hurt is that when when Rogers first got hurt is that if if you feel like you need to sort of limit things because you think about it, Rogers covers up for that entire team. He just doesn't cover up for any offenses of deficiencies they may have. He covers up for the defense by you know keeping the ball and whatnot. Right. You know that's not going to be the case with Hundley because he's probably going to get nervous. He's going to have some turnovers. He's not going to run the offense as patiently. And so what keeps the defense off the field is a good running game. And so when their offensive line is good, which it could be when everybody's healthy, I think you look at it as Aaron Jones projects as the better bet than Ty Montgomery. But for this particular week, I would say that Montgomery should be better. Now, Dave has a different take on it, which is also interesting, is that once the game got out of hand, they sort of kind of you know went into the shell a little bit and they started just to run the ball. And so he thinks if they get behind – they would do that. I don't know if that's the case because Minnesota's defense versus the Saints defense, as good as New Orleans defense has been, on the road versus at home, Hunley having a week of practice, I think it's just a different game flow for them, and I don't think they're going to give up if they're starting to trail a little bit. They were shell-shocked in that game last week, and so yeah. they'll be prepared now, and I think Montgomery for this week projects as the better of the two guys. I okay, We've talked about two running, guy, running back groups, Colts and the Packers. Not, none of these guys are good starts this week. I mean, they don't look like it, right? They're all number threes. I mean, I don't want to start these guys, but Montgomery maybe in PPR is who's the best in PPR of the four? Colts, Packers. I'll say Montgomery one, Gore two, Mac three, Jones four. And who's the best in standard? Montgomery one. Really? Over Gore. Gore two. Yeah, because Gore is a little bit of wild card. Yeah, eh. I suspect we'll find out more about the Packers running backs after this game. See how they're actually going to use sure. them. 
Uh, we'll stay on the Packers. Gosh, you know, I mean, well, Brett Hundley, you just want to wait and see. We don't, don't feel like taking a flyer on him this week. I don't think it's a bad idea, you know, if you're the Rodgers owner and you lost him, to go get him now. Hundley or Roethlisberger this week? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, there's probably a higher ceiling with Hundley. There's a better floor with Roethlisberger. Okay. Be like, I think Roethlisberger will get you 15 to 17 points. Yeah, you got to be pretty desperate though with Brett Hundley. Uh, I know you think you like Beathard better than him, right? Yeah, I think Beathard's set up to play well. Again, you know when you when you look at the over unders, anybody looks at the over unders, we know it's a high scoring game, and just take the players in that game. <laughs> what do you think about the Green Bay wide receivers? I, I'm still looking at Jordy as a number two, uh, solid number two. Um, uh, Devontae Adams is is a lower number two. Cobb, he didn't play well with Rodgers lately, so I don't think he's going to play well with with Hundley. And the same thing with Martellus. You know, now the one thing with those two guys is, as we see with young quarterbacks, we talked about this yesterday with like Jacoby Brissett, uh, and why Jack Doyle has a chance to play well is those middle of the field easy targets should be the ones that they lean on. But I think you just have to look at numbers and say those guys just didn't play well with the better of the two quarterbacks. All right. So let me ask you this. Michael Thomas is the best wide receiver in this game. Uh, how many Packers wide receivers do you put ahead of another Saints guy? Oh, all three. Oh yeah, all right. And if you had to take a flyer on another Saints guy, because the Packers are—oh no, getting... I'm sorry—I would take I would take Willie Snead over Randall Cobb. Okay, the Packers are getting a little healthier in the secondary. It looks like their rookie cornerback Kevin King is going to play. You might see Demarius Randall and Devon House. You will probably not see safety Morgan Burnett, but they're not the complete mess that they were last week. Uh, but obviously, we're starting Drew Brees. Is is Michael Thomas the only Saints receiver that's top twenty-four? Or did you manage to get Snead in there? No, I, you can't. If Snead was healthy and playing well, I think it's a different story. But where he lines up, typically in the slot, slot receivers had a lot of success against the Packers. So, you know, we'll see if those guys coming back will change things a little bit. I, I'm just counting on Snead being better. I don't think he's great, but I think he's got an opportunity here to be a number three receiver, certainly in PPR. Yeah, sit Martellus Bennett. Would you gamble on Snead or Aaron Jones slash Ty Montgomery? i go Montgomery, Snead, Jones. Even in standard? Yeah. Okay. All right, so look, Snead is a good tournament play, I think, in FanDuel. And now you've got all this great information and insight on who to start and who to sit. Now go out and put it to good use. Play on FanDuel. Win some money on FanDuel. We've all, on this podcast, the four of us that you hear, we've all won money on FanDuel. I mean, we better. We've been playing for a few years. Uh, our listeners do, too. We get some feedback. Hey, thanks so much. I, I had this FanDuel lineup. I won a few hundred bucks. And they love playing FanDuel every week. You can play in the Sunday Million for free. If you sign up and make your first deposit with our promo code FFT, FanDuel.com, deposit, use the promo code FFT. This is your chance to win some serious cash for no charge. You can play a 50-50 where half the contest wins. You can play a tournament. You can play head-to-head against one person. Just play more fantasy football, people. You get a budget. You make a lineup. You sit back. You watch some football. You enjoy it, and you hopefully win some money. Uh, by the way, I love Rashard Matthews this week. Uh, don't love the wide receivers in general, but we'll give FanDuel lineup at the end of the show. Uh, and again, use that promo code FFT when you sign up. The promo code's FFT on FanDuel, and that's void where prohibited. Interesting game in London this week. We've got the Cardinals at the Rams. And stat of the game, the Rams only allow... Okay, so I think the Rams' run defense is getting better. I'll, I'll preface it by that, saying that. They allowed 3.9 yards per carry last year, and we expect them to have a good run defense. The last four running backs against the Rams, Carlos Hyde, 3.4 yards per carry. Ezekiel Elliott, 4.1. Seattle running backs, 2.3. And Leonard Fournette, 6.2 yards per carry. But after a 75-yard touchdown, I think it was, on the first carry of the game, mm-hmm. 20 carries for 55 yards. So personally, I think it's maybe a little bit of a stretch. But I think the Rams' run defense is getting a lot better. And getting back to where they should be, they were missing Aaron Donald. He sat out training camp. He sat out one or two games. Um, no, he I, played week two. Play, so one game. But you like Adrian Peterson this week. I think you just look at workload, um, game flow. They, they, you know, yes, you could say take out this and take out that. Fournette still had the big run. Mm-hmm. And who knows if he would have finished off the, you know, they, he gets, you know, they, they grind out a drive there and he gets a touchdown at the end, you know, so it's, it's hard to say that, uh, they're completely fixed. So, there's enough of a track record here to suggest that, you know, Peterson, I may have him ranked too high. I have him at 13. Um, you know, may, maybe he should be bumped down a few spots, but you're starting Adrian Peterson. A- after what he showed you last week, you have to believe that he's going to get 
work. You know, matchup is still decent. And so production should be there for him. You know what? One thing you could look at here, I'll, I'll just tell you, uh, where the round, you could, you could talk about what you're going to get into next, but I'll tell you where they rank in terms of the run defense, uh, in the last three games, the last five games. Okay. Uh, Carson Palmer, he only threw 22 passes last week, had a great game against the Bucks. You've got him ranked ninth, Carson Palmer. Do you feel good about him? Everybody's got him top 12, but it's not a great week for quarterbacks. Do you feel good about Palmer? No, I'll probably drop him a few spots, but they brought up a good uh, stat. Um, I, I don't number, but good point that uh, he actually has a good track record against Wade Phillips' coach defenses. Mm. And so, um, you know, Dave does a lot of research on, you know, player versus coordinator. And so I believe it's in his matchup column. So he was talking about that on the show yesterday. I'm, I'm going to assume that that's the case. Okay. Uh, Andre Ellington, Jamie, he had one target, no catches last week. Does he bounce back this week? Is, is, and he's injured, by the way. He may not play. But Ellington, if he does play, is he viable in PPR? I still think he's a, a flex option because if the Cardinals are chasing points, I can't imagine that they're going to go away from him as much as they did. So. Yeah. Not sure still, they will he's be. He's still there. All right. So the last five weeks for the Rams run defense, which is probably not the best sample size because we only played seven games. Uh, they're still first allowed in fantasy, first in fantasy points allowed. The last three weeks, which is probably better sample size, they're second. Yeah, no, they've, they've been giving up touchdowns and they gave up that 75 yard run. So, I know, I just, I'm trying, I'm seeing improvement. I might be the only one, but we'll see. No, they're definitely better. I mean, week, week one, week, first couple weeks, they were awful. I mean, they could really wreak havoc on the Cardinals offensive line. They really could. They could. That being said, any any Cardinals wide receivers you want to start other than Fitz? Yeah, John Brown. Okay. Last year in one game against them, 10 catches for 144 yards. John Brown or T.Y. Hilton? Brown. John Brown or Devontae Adams? Brown. John Brown or Adrian Peterson? Peterson. PPR? Peterson. Mm. Brown doesn't catch a lot of passes. I mean, you're talking about, you know, a 4 for 60 type of guy, but he scored two straight. Targets have been 18 over three games. Okay. So hopefully he's getting healthy and starting to play better. Uh, Jared Goff or Bethard? Bethard, but they're close. Goff or who did we just talk about? Oh, uh, Brett Hundley. Goff. Okay. These are, again, these are flyers. You don't necessarily want to be relying on these guys. Start Todd Gurley. I know it's a tough matchup, but you can't get away from Todd Gurley. Rams wide receivers, who's your favorite? Robert Woods. I've been recommending Robert Woods to people that are in binds this week. He's 17% owned. I don't think he's going to score. He doesn't get any targets inside the 10. He's got one all year. But, I mean, 5 for 70 last week, 66 or more yards in three of his last four games. He's underrated, Jamie Eisenberg, Robert, that Robert Woods. Uh, he is, and he's not going to get Patrick Peterson. That's going to be where Sammy Watkins, you know, or that's going to, he's going to line up on Sammy Watkins, you would assume, just based on talent level. Mm-hmm. And the op- the receivers opposite Patrick Peterson have had field days. Yeah, I actually saw a suggestion that Bethel's going to get benched this week. Yeah, he might get benched for Tremont Williams, but I don't know if that's a significant right. upgrade. No. I mean, it might be, but yeah, not significant, no. And, no, uh, that's where you would assume that Sean McVay and Jared Goff go, and they probably go often. I was a little surprised at how low the DSTs are ranked in this game. You don't like these these DSTs? I think the Rams are okay. You know, they'll get some pressure on, on Palmer and some sacks. Uh, like you said, they could wreak havoc on that offensive line. Mm-hmm. And the Cardinals, you know, they just give up so much production. It's just ridiculous. Big game. Fun game. All right, Baltimore, Minnesota. Probably not as fun, but interesting, especially for the running backs. Stat of the game. The Ravens allow the third most rushing yards per game in the NFL and the fifth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. However... Le'Veon Bell and Jordan Howard faced the Ravens, and both of those guys had 35 or more carries. That's like two games packed into one. It's going to inflate your stats a little bit. Um, with that said, what do you, who's – yeah, okay. You know what? Let's look at all the running backs in this game. Who do you like? Because, you know, some, some good run defenses here with Brandon Williams coming back. I like Jerick McKinnon still. I'll probably bump down a little bit now that Williams is practicing at full. I still think in this particular game, Javoris Allen is better than Alex Collins because I think they're going to be chasing points and expecting them to throw. I think Collins will still be in that 12 to 15 carry range, so he'll be kind of where he's been the last couple weeks. I don't think he goes back below 10 because Terrence West is not going to play. 
But the thing about Collins that we've seen, you're, you're at this point you're hoping for a touchdown because he hasn't scored yet and he does nothing in the passing game with no catches. So he's he's really non-existent in PPR, and he's at best a, a low-end flex in standard. Now, now again, stash candidate, you should stash him if you can, because there's probably big production coming at some point. I just don't know if this is one of those weeks. Okay, Alex Collins or John Brown? John Brown. Alex Collins or a Green Bay running back? Uh, both Green Bay running backs. Wow, really? I just don't. I mean, look, Minnesota's run defense is good. Yeah, but he. So the thing is, Collins has actually faced some good run defense. He's been good against every opponent on a per carry basis. Doesn't right, give you a ton of fantasy points, though, as you were saying. I, I think his ceiling is like six. Okay. All right. Well, um, without scoring, if he scores, I, it's different. I, but yeah, I hope they just turn him loose. But you have to see it before you before you buy. Now into they that. now they might just given the fact that their receiving core is so banged up. Yeah. You know, if if Macklin and Wallace sit, would just make sense to be what the Giants were a week ago. Just go, yeah. go balls to the wall, run heavy. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Peterson or Jarek McKinnon. I think you got to go with McKinnon still. Okay. McKinnon or uh, so then you take him would you take him over Melvin Gordon McKinnon? Yeah. All right, McKinnon's not a bad start. They're they're kind of similar in in terms of what both guys are going to have to do is make plays in the passing game, but you know, the thing about it is um even though Brandon Williams is 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 back, Urban's still out for them too, and that was a big part of their run defense as well, their defensive end. As far as pass catching running backs go uh against Baltimore, they've done pretty well. I mean, Duke Johnson had 59 yards. Le'Veon had four for 42, but no touchdowns yet. But you know, you probably get a few catches out of McKinnon, help you in PPR. Minnesota wide, I, you're not starting the Baltimore wide receivers, obviously. Nope. Uh, Minnesota wide receivers. What do you think there? I mean, Thielen is the only one because Diggs is probably not going to play. You don't think he'll play? No. And does that make Thielen a must start? Yeah. Okay. They've been pretty good against receivers, though. Um, Antonio have, Brown had three points against the Ravens. AJ Green had seven. Uh, Crabtree had a big game. Yeah, but AJ Green, that was the game where they got, that was the last game for Zampezi, wasn't it? I don't know. No, it was week one. Yeah, or second last. No, it was week two, right? Week two? I'll check right now. I thought it was week one, but, um, you know, either way, they don't, if Diggs plays, do you start Adam Thielen? Cause he, he really has not been good with Diggs in the lineup. And other than week one when they had Bradford against the Saints. It was week one for AJ Green. Um I I I think he's a number, you know, borderline number two, number three. So just just to give you an idea, because he's gonna line up in the slot. Uh first two weeks for for the I'm sorry, so week one they did a good job against Green. Uh Richard Higgins had seven for ninety five. You would say that's like a, a That's good an Adam Thielen game right there. Yeah. Uh but slot receivers, Juju Smith Schuster. Three for forty-seven in the touchdown. Crabtree five six for eighty-two in the touchdown. I mean, you know, it's it, it's hard to say that they did well against Cleveland's receivers, Oakland or Cleveland's receivers, Chicago's receivers. You know, I mean, those those aren't very good receiving cores. No, but they did well against Antonio Brown and AJ Green. Yeah, that's that's you know traditional outside number one guys. That's interesting. I mean, that's yeah. something to watch yeah, that's going forward. Plays. All right, that's something to watch going forward for Baltimore. Uh, starter said Kyle Rudolph. I would sit if you can. It's hard to sit him, but, you know, he's had two good games on the season. Uh, last two weeks targets have been okay, but I don't know. I know Baltimore's given us some production of tight ends. I just, it just doesn't feel like he's playing very well. Ingram or Rudolph? Oh, Evan Ingram. Braid or Rudolph? Braid still. Kittle or Rudolph? Kittle. Okay, moving on to our next game. I know a lot of people aren't going to do that, but that's the way I have it ranked. Uh, Minnesota DST is top four. Baltimore DST is fifth for Heath, but Dave and Jamie not huge fans. Uh, I don't want to buy into the special teams production from a week ago. Fair enough. They have nine picks in six games. Meanwhile, the Vikings quarterbacks have thrown one interception this year. They've done a nice job playing keep away. Carolina is at Chicago. And look, this is a tough place to play. Even, and especially for the Panthers DST, you know, it's kind of an underrated thing, but the DSTs that have been at Chicago, haven't really done that well. The DSTs that have played Chicago in Bears road games have done well. That said, Jamie is Carolina's DST fourth overall. But here's your stat um, of the game. That will change if Keek was out. Okay. Carolina allows the fourth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. Not one running back has scored double-digit fantasy points in standard scoring leagues against the Panthers. 
but no running back has more than 14 carries against the Panthers. And we definitely expect that from Jordan Howard, probably in the 20s. But yeah, I mean, Howard, is he going to have a good game? He, he's amazing to me. I don't know how he does. He does it every week. He figures out a way to produce. Is he going to do it again against this Panthers defense? He's a good player and, and, and a good offensive line, especially in the interior. Again, comes down to Keekly. If Keekly's out, like I'm, I'm setting a, a, a daily lineup right now. And Howard was one of the first guys that I looked at. Now I didn't put him in there because I, I found some better options, but he's, he's on the table. He's in my FanDuel lineup, but then I thought if Keekly's playing, I might remove him for Carlos Hyde. Right. But I, I mean, it's going to be tough to sit. It's going to be tough to sit Jordan Howard, but he'll try to be the first running back this year with double-digit fantasy points and standard scoring. I actually do want to start with the Panthers. Trust Cam Newton this week? Yes. Cam or Breeze? Uh, Breeze. Cam or Mariota? Cam. All right, Cam is sixth for you, so start Cam Newton. I'm guessing no Jonathan Stewart? No. Christian McCaffrey or Jordan Howard? Uh, Howard, but I'm getting more excited by McCaffrey because if Calvin Benjamin's out, you remember the game where Benjamin yeah. got hurt against the Saints? 100 yards. Nine catches for yeah. 101 yards. If Stewart and Benjamin are out, then McCaffrey should be a monster. Woo. But it, we had this conversation again on, on the show yesterday, uh, which you'll be a part of 12 o'clock yeah. on uh, uh, CBSSports.com, um, that would the Panthers give McCaffrey a heavy workload? Like, would they give him 20-plus touches, especially running him between the tackles? I don't think that they would give him the 18-plus carries plus nine catches, you know, that type of workload. But I do think that he'd be right around 20 touches, 15 carries or so, five catches, uh, with especially if Fozzie Whitaker is also out. Do they have any running backs? <laughs> uh, he said, you know, Cameron Artis Payne. I don't know if he's still on the roster. Okay, yeah. I mean, for your, like your 16 to 18 team leagues, maybe there's a Panthers running back you could look at. McCaffrey or McKinnon? If those guys are out, then I'll say McCaffrey. But as of now, it's it's McKinnon. Carolina wide receivers. Um, you know, Benjamin. I think right now you probably got to assume he won't play. Yeah. But how much do you like Funchess? Oh, if if uh, we don't get if we don't if get Benjamin's uh, out. Benjamin out, then the Funches is great. Right now he's the number two receiver. Would you start him over Danny Amendola? Yeah. Would you even if Benjamin plays? Would you? Oh, you would. Okay. Would you start him? Uh, all right then. So that's so we like him. Now, if Benjamin plays, would you start Benjamin? You feel comfortable with him? If he plays, yes, but not as com- confident as I have him ranked right now. Yeah, I mean the Bears—they really have done a nice job. They haven't been beaten. The best receivers that they faced—they faced Atlanta, Tampa Bay, and Pittsburgh, and Green Bay. So the Bears have faced some of the best wide receivers in football, and they give up big points to those great players. But the non-great ones haven't really gotten the Bears, and it's weird. Like they play really well at home. Uh, yeah, I think you just got to look at the way Cam's been playing and, and the way, uh, you know, it, it, it is it chicken and egg. You know, which came first? You know, the receivers playing better or Cam playing better? Ed Dixon, 50% owned. Dixon or Doyle? Uh, Doyle. Okay. Uh, yeah, Dixon, pretty, pretty unreliable. The Bears, they've been good against tight ends except Kyle Rudolph. I mean, you look at the Hooper game, he had 18 fantasy points, but we know he had that crazy kind of fluke, like 80 yard touchdown. And going over to the Bears side, anyone that you're starting other than, uh, Jordan Howard? If Keekley's out, I mean, Zach Miller's, I think, in play. You saw last week that Carson Wentz really attacked the middle of the field once Keekley left. And they've given up four touchdowns to tight ends in the last two weeks. So I assume, we haven't really seen that with the Bears, especially at home, but I assume that the Panthers will be ahead in this game. And if the Bears are chasing points, maybe we see Trubisky get those targets up to those guys, you know, Miller and Kendall Wright. But it's it's hard to say that they're must-start guys in general. You like Miller better than Dixon? I do like Miller Bell and Dixon, yes. Let's go to Washington, Philadelphia. Pumped for this game. Stat of the game. The Eagles allow the fewest rushing yards per game in the NFL. Third fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. Running backs average 2.93 yards per carry against the Eagles. What does that mean to you, Jamie? That they're good. <laughs> for Rob Kelly, uh, you know, for Chris Thompson. Thompson's a must-start guy. Must-must-start guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's their best receiver. And he had 52 yards and a touchdown receiving in the first game in week one against the Eagles. 
Uh, also, Andre Ellington, 65 receiving yards. Christian McCaffrey, 56 and a touchdown against the Eagles. So Thompson looks good. Thompson or McCaffrey? Uh, Thompson. Thompson. And again, unless those guys are out. Would you start Thompson over Melvin Gordon? PPR, nah, no. Right. No, there's still too much touchdown potential for Gordon. All right, uh, you like, okay, so, but, but what about Rob Kelly if he plays? Sit him? No. Yeah. Number three guy at best. Yeah, it's a really good run defense. Kirk Cousins. Start or sit in the Eagles secondary getting a little healthier here, but start or sit Kirk Cousins. Yeah, must start guy. I mean, he's, he's playing well last three games. I, I think you just buy into, you know, them potentially. I, I think they're going to be chasing points. Cousins or Cam? Cam. And the Redskins wide receivers, are any of them top 24 guys? No. <laughs> it's weird that Cousins is like a top eight guy or whatever and no, cause he's gonna, I mean, like Thompson is, like you said, their best receiver. Yeah, you, you look at it, it, it's, uh, Vernon Davis getting 60 yards. It's Thompson getting 60 plus yards. It's someone out of Doxon Crowder, Pryor, Reed scoring. It's him running for a touchdown. You know, I mean, he's he's just getting the job done. He looks great, and his receivers are not like there's not one standout guy. You know, I mean, uh, I, I could sit here and say, oh yeah, this is going to be the week that Doxson breaks out, but we just don't know. This is the week that they turn to Ryan Grant more than the other guys. We just don't know. Do you like Doxson the best of the three receivers? I do like Doxson the best of the three receivers because he's gotten big play against the Raiders three games ago, 52 yard touchdown catch. Had the game-winning touchdown in his hands on an end zone target against the Chiefs on a play that, you know, you can argue 50-50 chance to make that catch. Scored the touchdown last week in their last three games. So in the money plays, he's getting opportunities. Unfortunately, he's just not getting a ton of targets. And so that means sit Terrell Pryor. Doxson or Nelson Aguilar? Aguilar. Uh, the game really changes if, if Norman and... Breland play, especially Norman. I don't think for Aguilar though. No, 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 but for Jeffrey. Yeah, for Jeffrey. Yeah, oh, totally for Jeffrey. Yeah, I, I went originally from the start of the week, uh, beginning of the week with Jeffrey ranked, uh, right around 23, 24. With the thought of both those guys missing, I put him inside my top 10. Hmm. Okay, so if Norman plays, he's definitely gonna get downgraded, and that's why you're gonna have to listen to our mailbag show, but also the Saturday, the Sunday morning FFT video show, 11 a.m. Eastern. And Saturday Night Radio. And Saturday Night Radio, CBS Sports Radio, Ion Fantasy Football, Jamie and Heath on the show, 10 p.m. Eastern until midnight. Uh, Jordan Reed or Vernon Davis? Oh, man. It's so funny that that's where we're at. Yeah. Davis has been the better of the two, but I still think I'll take Reed's potential. Jordan Reed or Jack Doyle? Doyle. Wow. I'll take a lot of these uh waiver wire guys over Jordan Reed at this point. I'll take George Kittle over him. I'll take Nick O'Leary over him. Nick O'Leary. I'll take wow. Zach Miller over him. Okay. Um, these guys are just in better situations right now. Now, again, we saw what uh, a good quarterback leaning on his tight end could be uh, Thursday night with Jared Cook. And so this could be one of those games where Reed breaks out, but I just it's hard to trust. Okay, Jamie, let's, uh, let's go to the Eagles. Carson Wentz is top five for you and he- Jamie, for you and Heath. Uh, no, for you and Dave. There you go. He's ninth for Heath. I just want to like I absolutely starting him. Redskins haven't allowed multiple touchdown passes since Wentz in week one, and he's not throwing a lot. He almost feels a little sell high to me. He's been getting kind of lucky, but, but at the same time, like, I think Carson Wentz is a really good player. He's, he's great. Yeah, right? Um, I, I sold him. I don't know if I sold him high. I, I think I got a fair deal out of it for a team that's quarterback needy. I got Tevin Coleman and Devin Funches. Um, so I think it's a fair deal. Okay. Um, but, I I I think you're looking at it as because um, it's hard it's hard to trade quarterbacks you know that's just the thing yeah. that we see it's you know it's it's very difficult to especially to do two for one type of trades um, but he's his he he's just good like last week he had a lot of short fields so I think that led to you know some minimal passing situations but I also think those short fields helped him because uh, of the situations he was in it's just it's just one of those things where. You know, you see that sometimes there's a guy that has an it factor, and I feel really bad for Browns fans because they have to look at Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson week after week after week and see <laughs> these guys tough. just make play after play after play and knowing they could have had one of the two. Well, they got David Njoku. It's okay. All right, so we're starting Carson Wentz. Now the running backs for the Eagles, Jamie, who do you like better, Blunt or Smallwood? 
Well, we still have to make sure that Smallwood is in, so that's still something you have to keep an eye on, but it's it's trending that way. Um, I I still think you should start Blunt for sure in standard leagues because he'll get the goal line opportunities. And keep in mind, when everybody was healthy, which means Darren Sproles, Blunt had a receiving touchdown in this week one game. So that's completely fluky, but it still happened. I, I think in PPR it becomes a different conversation because Blunt is going to lose those snaps. So he's he's more of a number two for sure flex option in PPR, but in standard he's he's hard to get away from. And and I think in PPR league you look at at Smallwood as a flex. Uh, Lagarrett Blunt or Alvin Kamara PPR. Uh, I I would take Kamara I think in both formats to be honest with you. Okay, I didn't talk about the uh, Saints running backs. I've got about them, but they're Good starts, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Mark Ingram, originally I had him ranked as my number one running back for the week. All right, two-minute warning, Jamie. We're going a little long, as always. we got two games left. Let's see if we can get them done in two minutes or less per game. But, hey, let's let's be ambitious here. Dallas at San Francisco. This is the bonanza. Start Dak Prescott. Start Ezekiel Elliott. Start Des Bryant. Anybody else for Dallas? Nope, not as a must-start guy. Witten is, is a borderline starter, but he's just so hit or miss. Okay, C.J. Beathard is you know seventeenth, twentieth, eighteenth. He's around there. Got a chance here. San Francisco running backs. What do you think about the San Francisco running backs? Sean Lee is going to play in this game. Yeah, Hyde's a must-start guy. You know, I, I think we've seen Lehman last week. Tough matchup. He got you seventy-five total yards. Did a great job in the passing game. Uh, always a threat to score. Home game for them after three straight road games. And even when Lee was playing in the beginning of the season, they still gave up touchdowns to running backs. So. It's not like uh, he's the end-all, be-all run-stopper. Carlos Hyde or Jay Ajayi? Ajayi. Carlos Hyde or Alvin Kamara? Hyde. Carlos Hyde or Devontae Adams? Hyde. The the, the guy that uh, I'll probably struggle with just with the news of Brandon Williams is McKinnon or Hyde. Right now I have McKinnon ranked higher. I'm going to move that down. Okay. And Pierre Garçon. By the way, Dave just responded to the No Touchdowns Club email. Uh, he's taking... Jay Ajayi. So now I have to pick somebody else. So who, uh, he took Julio, you took McCoy, or you took Julio, he took McCoy, whatever. I took Ajayi, now Dave's got Ajayi. I'm not gonna take Pierre Garçon. I'm not sure he's gonna score, but slot wide receivers have done well. So you like him as a number two. And then yeah, we, we've spoken about George Kittle. Top 15 guy. Good flyer for you there. Seattle at the Giants. And, let's see where we start with this one. Well, Start all Seahawks at all Giants? Like, I don't, actually, no, I don't, I think that's stupid. So, any Giants that you want to start, let's start with that. Any Giants you want to start? Yeah, I don't have Russell Wilson ranked very high, but I'll probably move him up a couple spots just to move Palmer down. So, he's top 10 guy. Uh, Giants though, but, sorry. Start with the, huh? any, any Giants that you want to start. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, look, if, if you need Orleans Darkwell this week, he's, he's the best bet, but if Shepard plays, he's probably gonna, you know, deal with Richard Sherman for some part of the game. Um, you know, still, I don't know if Jeremy Lane's back. But he might it, play. It, huh? He might play. Yeah, I, I just I would expect that the Seahawks coming off of a bye week, they really do make the attempt to s- slow down the Giants' run game. And and look, you can we know the Giants have not been a good run team for the season, but their last two games they've run the ball very well against the Chargers two weeks ago, against the Broncos last week. They've turned a corner a little bit in that regard, and and you have to figure that Seattle's seen that as well. So that's going to be their focal point. All right, Evan Ingram is a top 10 guy, but, but Darkwa is 20, like 28th or so. Uh, so Darkwa or Frank Gore? Darkwa. Darkwa or Rob Kelly if he plays? Darkwa. Alright. Darkwa or Thomas Rawls or Eddie Lacey? Uh, Darkwa. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, if, if you were to tell, like, I'm confident Thomas Rawls rest of season. I don't know about this particular week. So, Rawls is kind of, uh, I don't want to say like a, a dart throw, but he's he, he's just you're not he's not guaranteed to get the whole workload, especially if CJ Procise is back. I'm gonna take uh, Demarius Thomas, by the way, in the no touchdown club. He's gonna be my guy. Jimmy Graham is also gonna score a touchdown this week. Jamie, book it. I think that's a very good call. <laughs> he's in my Fanduel lineup. Giants have allowed seven touchdowns to tight ends. So you know Wilson, it's a tough matchup for him, but he's gonna be in your top ten. Yeah, I, I, I think so. You know, especially if Vernon's out again. You know, that, that mm-hmm. certainly helps. Um, I don't love it for him. No, it's tough. You, so you wouldn't like, start Tyrod? Honestly, I wish if I, if I could go back, I would have ranked Alex Smith at him. Tyrod Taylor or Wilson? That's the one I've gone back and forth with. I, I, I think there's more upside with Taylor. Doug Baldwin, starter sit. 
I think he's a number two receiver. You know, the ideal situation for them. This is going to be interesting. You probably have more, uh, at least been paying attention to more than I have. Will the Giants appease Dominic Rogers Cromartie and take him out of covering slot receivers? No. No. Uh, I don't think so. I think he'll cover the slot. And Eli like Apple played, Eli Apple on the outside. he played great last week. That was a huge development for them. He played great against the Broncos. He had been a real liability. But I, I think it's gonna be, it could be tough sledding for Baldwin. I mean, I traded McKinnon for Baldwin. I'm gonna lose that matchup this week, I think. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully it's a long-term play for me. Yeah. Uh, Alright, Jamie, let's give, uh, I'll give a fan to a lineup. So I oh, have- Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Let me just tell you something real quick, cause I know you'd be interested in this. Um Russell Wilson off of a bye week, averaging 24.6 fantasy points in his last five. 10, 18, 38, 34, 23. So as he's getting older, he's getting better coming off of that preparation week. They have a great coaching staff, and I think they can fix a lot of things. And that's why I called Doug Baldwin a good buy low two weeks ago. Um, cause they did it, you know, they did it a couple years ago. They had one of the best offenses in, they had the best offense in football, I think, after their buy. Alright, FanDuel, I got Dak, Ingram, and Jordan Howard. AJ Green, Des Bryant, Rashard Matthews, I think is a steal at 5,500. Jimmy Graham, Dan Bailey, and the Bills. Prescott, Ingram, Jordan Howard, AJ Green, Des Bryant, Rashard Matthews, Jimmy Graham, Dan Bailey, and the Bills. I could also see myself going with Carlos Hyde over Jordan Howard if Luke Keekley plays. That's, that would be it. There you go. Alright, watch fantasy football today. You can see my mug. I gotta go shave. See you later, Jamie. Bye.